Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Welcome to everyone online, YouTube, podcast. As Ben said, we're starting our series, Favour Ain't Fair, because we have no respect for the English language, so that is what the sermon series is called. We're going to be covering across six weeks leading up to Easter some basics when it comes to God's favour. Last week, Pastor Benoit shared that our year's theme is the Father's favour. So we want to start to teach and lay a foundation on what we're talking about when it comes to favour. So I'm opening up our series today. Pastor Brian and Charlie have a couple of messages they're going to share. And we're going to be blessed in a few weeks because Norella is going to be bringing us around favour as well. So It's going to be a good series, Get Hungry for God, and it is going to be great. Uh, It says this, Philippians 4, verse 8. For the rest, my dear family, these are the things you should think through. Whatever is true, whatever is holy, whatever is upright, whatever is pure, whatever is attractive, whatever has a good reputation, anything virtuous, anything praiseworthy. The message paraphrased by Eugene Peterson uh, puts it a slightly different way. It's going to appear uh, on the screen behind me. It says, summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'd do best by filling your minds and meditating on things that are true. Everyone say true. Everyone say Noah. Noble. Reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious. The best, not the worst. The beautiful, not the ugly. Things to praise, things not to curse. The book of Philippians is kind of in the... uh, middle of Paul's letters. He's done a few missions. This is his first trip in prison. And this is written from prison. The book opens with saying where he is. It goes through some different examples, the example of Jesus, Timothy, another guy that helped out Paul. And then uh, Philippians 3 unpacks the example that Paul wants to be. Philippians 4 then says, this is the example I want you to be to those around you. So written from prison, Paul pens these words to focus our attention, our minds on those types of things. No doubt in prison it would be quite easy to get focused on your environment, your circumstance, your difficulties. Even the context of Philippians 4 opens up with a few people that are quarreling and fighting. And this encouragement comes from Paul to focus on the good, not the bad, the beautiful, not the ugly, the things that are worthy of praise and attention. That is a discipline. It's a commitment to focus on the things of God, not on the things of this world. Another passage I want to share with us this morning is found in Matthew 13. Uh, I want to read from verse 54 to 58. Some of those verses will be on the screen. It says, Jesus came to the town where he had been brought up. He taught them in the synagogue and they were astonished. Where did this fellow get this wisdom and these powers, they said? Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother Mary, his brothers James, Joseph, Simon and Judah, and aren't all his sisters here with us? So where does he get it all from? They were offended by him. 
So Jesus said to them, No prophet lacks respect except in his own town and in his own house. And he didn't perform many mighty works there because they didn't believe. Looked at this scripture a lot. Pastor Benoit actually uh, shared about this a couple of weeks ago uh, when he was preaching. There's this moment where Jesus does astonishing things, amazing things, is preaching the word in a way that is uh, a surprise, a shock to those hearing. The level of revelation, how he understands things is God. But this moment occurs where they, the crowd, says, isn't this the carpenter's son? Which is fascinating because no, it's not. Jesus isn't the carpenter's son. If you understand what occurred with Mary and the Holy Spirit, someone should have said, no, it's actually not the carpenter's son. This is the son of God, 100% God, God with skin put on. He is pointing us and he is the door into the kingdom of God. Someone should have interrupted, but because of the familiar crowd and because crowds like to chant the same things, Aussie, 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 Look at you guys. <laughs> he was unable to perform many mighty works there because they didn't believe. This morning, uh, we'll get into these scriptures. Let me pray for us. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are here. You're not here to observe us. You're not here to be absent from us. You are here to transform and change us. We pray that your word this morning would come alive on the inside of us and that us, your church, would continue to conform ourselves to you. I pray this morning, God, that you would help us to think of godly things, to keep them on our mind, to meditate on them. And this morning, Holy Spirit, I ask that if there's anything in us that is familiar with you, that treats what is holy as common, I pray this morning that you would shift something in our church to be so hungry and desperate for you that we don't approach your presence with a familiar spirit. We don't approach each other when we move in your gifts with a familiar spirit, that we would be hungry for you, Jesus, more than we ever have been before. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Cynthia. You are released to rest your fingers. The Michelin Brothers... The Michelin brothers founded a company in 1888. Their faces are on the screen behind us. Andre and his brother that I cannot pronounce. They founded a company called Michelin Tires. Michelin Tires has now produced billions and billions of tires for cars. But when they first started, these brothers in France at the age of you know, late 20s, early 30s, well, 27 and 35. 35 is still early 30s. As a 33-year-old, I'm very early 30s. These brothers started this company, but over about 10, 20 years, there was a problem, and the problem was there weren't many cars in France. Actually, at the time, there was only 3,000 cars in France. So the Michelin brothers, Andre and... Can't pronounce his name decided to start a thing called the Michelin Guide. Has anyone ever heard of Michelin star restaurants? 
It was founded by these brothers, and the Michelin Guide was started about 20 years into their company because tires and cars weren't being used enough, so they created this guide that let people know where hotels were, where service stations were, where they get their cars looked after, places they could go on trips. They started this guide to create more demand that people would buy more cars and therefore use more tires. After a couple of decades, they started a thing called the Michelin Star Guide, where they created a one-star, two-star, three-star system to help people to know these amazing restaurants. One star meant that it was a good, a good uh, restaurant in its category, so perhaps in fast food, the pinnacle would be Sneaky Burger. Okay, don't worry, that's been closed in narrow. Um, the top of a cuisine, the second star was it was worth going out of your way for. Like Natural Necessities Surf Shop, it's definitely worth the drive. If you remember those ads, if you remember ads in general, that weren't marketed perfectly at you like now they are on social media. And the third star was this is an excellent restaurant. It is worth driving for the experience. And over the course of the Michelin Guide, France went from 3,000 cars to now 45.78 million cars, and obviously cars have been quite popular. Are the Michelin brothers responsible for people buying all their cars? No, but they changed the culture in France. These things are so good, you've got to get a car, you've got to look after your tyres, and you've got to get there. This morning I want to help us understand uh, when Pastor Benara and Charlie talk about the type of church that people will travel to, I want us to understand and set a foundation this morning because the, the message is entitled this, mor- this morning, Familiar with Favour. Last Sunday, we talked about four different types of favour we're believing for as a church this year. They're actually icons on our stage right now. The protection, the lion over there. Provision, the well is somewhere. Um, promotion, that crown, and presence when it comes to the Holy Spirit. And this morning, I want to lay an important foundation for us that we shouldn't be familiar with the favor of God. We shouldn't be familiar when someone gives us a prophetic word. We shouldn't be familiar when we have Joe and Chloe up here share about a moment of speaking in tongues, interpretation of that tongues, and a song that comes out of it. And for all the songwriters, if you want everyone to love your song, do it that way, because no one can say anything. I don't like the lyrics of that song. Well... Bring it up with the Holy Spirit. Great tactic, Joe and Chloe. Amazing. What what can Pastor Nat say to that? I don't like those lyrics. Oh, well, something's wrong with you then. But we shouldn't be familiar with these things. Over the last few Sundays, after our prayer meeting, after our services, there's there's been this increase in prophetic words. But are you familiar with them? Oh, that's just that person. They're just trying to encourage me. They're just trying to get me to join their team. Why don't we break the familiar spirit? Why don't we be the type of church that isn't familiar with the favor of God? Even now, the provision that he's given you in your life, are you familiar with it? The protection he's given you, you're still alive. The promotion that he's given you, the presence that he surrounds you with, are you familiar with the favor of God? Because if we're familiar with the favor of God, we will minimize or stop with our unbelief the mighty works that God is doing and the Michelin star connect group that you're called to lead, the Michelin star worship that we're called to carry, the Michelin star prophetic words, the Michelin star words of knowledge, words of wisdom, 
gifts of generosity, speaking in tongues, interpretation of those tongues, the gifts that we want in our church won't flow, not because the Holy Spirit doesn't want to do them or that Jesus is unable, it's because we're too focused on what we see. Isn't this the carpenter's son? No, this is a son of God. When you get a prophetic word in our church, this isn't just someone doing their best. I want to hear the Holy Spirit's voice. This isn't, just, this isn't just Joey leading me in worship. This is a son of God directing me to the King Jesus this morning. And I can't help but focus on him and exalt him. I refuse to be familiar with what is holy. So this morning, our what is familiar with favor and the why is this. Familiarity will and is spiritually blind. We say things that are simply untrue. That's just Justin on the drums. No, it's not just Justin. Again, it's a son of God pointing us towards our king. That's just the hospitality team. No, our hospitality is called to be a supernatural hospitality that isn't just food and calories and, and a Tasty on the lips and heavy on the hips. I don't know if that's a saying. It's called to be us bringing heaven to earth. That people would go out of their way, not because you are someone special, but because all of your effort is pointing to someone that is special. So why it matters is because we will be extremely blind as a church, not understanding this is something we should travel for. Monday night, Pastor Nat and uh, Joe and Chloe shared a little bit, but Monday night, described by multiple people, was the greatest service they had ever been in in their lives. And me and Pastor Benara texting others like, should we join the wor- like, should we join the worship team? Like, we want to be in that atmosphere because when you hear of a three-star Michelin restaurant, which Australia has zero of, you go out of your way for it. When someone is on fire for God, you go out of your way to connect. But it's not just because they're on fire for God. It's because you make a decision not to treat someone as the carpenter's son. When it is at most kind of true and at worst death, toxic, treats holy as unholy, treats pure as unpure. And instead of focusing our attention and mind on things above, we soon become very accustomed to the natural and very unaccustomed to the spiritual. We focus on the ugly, not the beautiful, the unjust instead of the just. And in a society that is heavy on chasing after gossip and the unjust, did you hear? I better Google and find out if Narrow News has written an article about this. We fill our minds with things we shouldn't fill our minds upon. But it's a discipline as Jesus followers to not be familiar with what is holy and to not fill our minds with things that don't matter. That's why prayer and fasting is significant. Not because taking a couple of weeks off gossip is nice, <laughs> but because taking a moment to not focus on the natural, to lean into the spiritual, will always produce more heaven and less you. So this morning, I want to give you three hows on how not to be familiar with favor. They're on the screen right now. Eyes, mind, and appetite. Eyes, mind, and appetite. 
I'm going to keep on using the example of prophetic words in our church because there's definitely been an increase of them around our Sunday gatherings over the last few weeks. Let's say someone comes up and gives you a prophetic word. First of all, how do you see them? How do you see them? As Pastor Ben I would say, do you see them for who they are in the kingdom or do you see them for some kind of weird celebration church, brother or sister that we all get along? And No, do you see them as a son or a daughter of God? Do you see them as a mouthpiece for what the Holy Spirit wants to say to you? Because if God wants to give you a word but your eyes are too focused on what he doesn't want you to see, you will be unable to see what you should see. And because you don't see it, it doesn't change you, it doesn't transform you. But when you see, you can't unsee. When you taste, you can't untaste. It is about having a posture to draw out God from others. The second thing is your mind. Is the way that you think and process and plan and meditate a posture of unfamiliar. This is all new to me should be the posture of someone hungry for God. Because let's say you're in this room and you've been saved for a hundred years. If that's you, Troy, I'm not sure your current age. A hundred dog years. There you go. Um, Sometimes I count in dog years. You know nothing. 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 Nothing, 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 nothing. Not nothing compared to the 23-year-old that you're comparing yourself next to to feel good about yourself. You know nothing compared to the greatness, the power of our almighty God. You have scratched the surface, but guess what? If I got you up here to preach something and got you up a year later, I bet you would correct yourself. You're still changing and learning and growing and becoming more like Him. So the question is, when it comes to your mind, when someone comes towards you, perhaps with a prophetic word, how is your mind structured to take and then follow what the Holy Spirit is trying to say? I'm not saying every single word that someone gives you means that you should redirect your life, but I am saying every word that God says to you, you should redirect your life. You should restructure, you should throw things off, you should change beliefs, you should completely shift where you are standing because when God speaks, it is our obligation as Philippians outlines. In Philippians 2, there is this beautiful moment called the Messiah's poem. And one of the declarations at the end of this poem is that when that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. It is your obligation when the Holy Spirit speaks to buckle at the knees and to submit and to lift holy hands and say, God, I choose what you say. I choose to think the way that you want me to think. I choose to purify my mind. I choose not to follow the example, the pattern of this world, but I choose to be changed in the way that I think. So I'll be able to test and approve what your will is, your good, pleasing, and perfect will. Let me read Philippians just one more time for us before we move on to appetite. Let these words just sink in. For the rest, my dear family, these are the things you should think through. Whatever is true, how much of your time is focused on truth? Whatever is true, I'll fill my mind with it. Whatever is holy, not common, not familiar, but the things that are set apart for God, by God, to glorify God, I'm going to think about those things. Whatever is upright, able to stand against opposition, whatever is pure, untainted, uncommon, 
pure, heaven, more of heaven, Jesus, his love, his truth, pure. I'm going to fill my mind with that. Whatever is attractive that draws me to conform more to the image of Jesus, whatever has a good reputation, anything virtuous, anything praiseworthy. These are the things you should do, what you have learned, received, and heard, and saw in and through me, and the God of peace will be with you. Church, how good are we And not only seeing each other and seeing the things of God with good eyes, but is our mind focused on getting things from heaven no matter the circumstance. And the third thing is our appetite. How is your appetite when it comes to the things of God? Perhaps your personality limits your appetite. And by personality, I mean this. (laughs) Maybe you are a... Actually, let's drop the word personality. Let's talk about skepticism for a second. I pray that my skepticism would never block or limit God changing me. I pray that when you approach the things of God, that when you come to perhaps a new revelation or a new thing or a unique moment in His presence, that you wouldn't be so skeptical that you would not only look at the circumstance and be like, oh, what do I believe here? What's going here? But you would prioritize that over, God, I just want to hear you. Would you speak? Would you change me? Would you transform me? Would you renew my mind? Would you help me to throw off the sin that so easily entangles me? God, would you let this circumstance purify me? Because if there's anything in my heart or my mind or my life that offends you, Holy Spirit, would you change it? Would you put a pin on it? Would you bring my attention to it so that I would have the courage and the grace to change and become more like you? Church, the question this morning is how hungry are you for the things of God? How desperate are you for the things of God? What is your appetite when it comes to the favor of God? And we're not just talking about provision, but we are. I've got a message that I am going to share to our church, and it is called this, prosperity. And we're going to talk about it. And we're going to talk about why some people struggle with this word. Primarily, if you have been in church for a little while, you know that the poorer that you are, the more that God is glorified. So if we talk about favor, we won't offend you if we talk about the type of favor that kept Joseph alive in prison. You're like, yeah, that favor, that's amazing. But if we were to suggest to you that God wants to bless you so that you're blessed to, that you're blessed to be a blessing to others, and that he wants to do it in a way that would embarrass you and would mark you different to everyone around you like a light on a hill, you would be a little bit uncomfortable with that because poverty is your portion and you like it. But if you're younger in this room, you have absolutely no trouble with God giving you supernatural provision, but to suggest to you that God will put you in a prison and he would protect you for 10, 20, 13, 17, 18, 30 years, wildernesses would be offensive to you. So don't worry, church, favor will offend all of us. The Holy Spirit will be able to pinpoint in us how our eyes need to change, how our mind needs to change, and how our appetite needs to change because I don't care if the gift that God wants to give me is protection or deliverance I just want what he has for me I don't care if it's supernatural provision that pays above and beyond or it's wisdom in how to navigate the obstacles in front of me all we should want is what he has for us and we have to be wise enough in our sight mind and appetite to know the difference 
between God and us. What we want and what He wants. That we would always choose God over the promise. We would always choose His presence over the promised land. So this morning, church, at the outset of this series, I want to challenge you, no matter what one of these four areas perhaps offends your sensibilities or religion or posture, that you would be open to God doing above and beyond when it comes to His favor in your life. And perhaps it will be favor to help you endure, but maybe it will turn it in a day. Maybe you'll have wisdom, you'll, you'll pray for wisdom for your doctors, or maybe He'll heal the cancer this morning. But the posture of a Jesus follower shouldn't be familiar with God, projecting what we want on Him or each other. This morning, we're coming around two scriptures. Are you familiar with the Word? Did I open that scripture about Jesus and His hometown? You're like, I've heard this one before, Pastor. Have you? Can He say it again? Will you listen this time? Well, at least you listen more this time, not less. We'd be willing to shift the foundation a little bit further. God, am I familiar with you this morning? Am I familiar with that older person in our church, that younger person in our church, that new person in our church, that person that's been here for a long time? Am I familiar? If a kid this morning came up to me and gave me encouragement, would I give them a little pat on the head and send them on their way? Or would I hear God? We come to Philippians, oh yeah, think about what's true, yeah, sure, sure, but I'm going to fill my mind with all of the fear about provision and God being unable to provide me against my interest rates going up. Fill your minds with what's true and holy and pure and attractive. Because if Paul can do it in prison, you can do it in 2023 freedom in Australia. (laughs) On the screen... uh, is this the, the little sum-up graphic um, that we would have eyes to see, that we would have a mind to create, and we would have an appetite to grow? When it comes to the favor of God, that you would have eyes to see the favor of God, that you would have a mind to create, that you would go into situations ready to be a receptacle for God's favor. And again, if when I say favor, you hear provision, you need to sort that out with God. You need to do some serious business this year that you're like, I don't know about that. Deal with it. May this year be a year that you get over it and that God will be able to provide provision in your life that proves that He's the provider, that you're not. Husbands in the room, dads in the room that are the providers for their families, let it go. Go to Him. Follow His ways to submit your life to Him. He will make your path straight promotion. Oh, I've got to hustle more. I've got to work harder to get the promotion. No. God will always take people from prison to the palace. Always, again and again and again and again. But will you trust Him? Will you let His favor be the thing that did it, not your skill to get a promotion? Wouldn't it be awesome if we got to the end of this year and the good gifts that God wanted to give us, we wouldn't disregard them. Act like we don't need them. Live a life that is quite possible without his favor. What if we got to the end of this year and the testimony of Celebration Churches? We will accept what God wants to give us no matter what it is. And if you're there right now, shame on you. No, more. 
you're not there. You're not there. I'm not there. I want to pursue what it is to have the Father's favor in my life in the deepest way I ever have before. This morning, you may be offended that I only shared five verses because you read Philippians this morning and I didn't preach enough scripture. On our screen is going to be my show your work graphic to give you some scriptures to study and meditate if you were unable to read the entire Bible this week like some of us did, Matt. You did, didn't you? But it was the New Living Translation, so it doesn't count. Whoa, whoa, relax, relax. It was the passion. Don't worry, Pentecostal Church. It's good. Here's some scriptures to help you meditate. Be like, God, is there something wrong with my eyes? Is there something wrong with my mind? Is there something wrong with my appetite? And there is for all of you. I love that our posture is supposed to be children. Not that we are unable to do anything for ourselves, but our posture would be that the Father's got more for us and we want to know Him more. Imagine if Celebration Church were just the most humble church in the world. I just want more of Him. I want more of Him. I want more of Him. This morning, um, as Pastor Nat jumps up on the keys, I think, Cynthia has dissolved. Don't know where she is. I want to bring us around a simple warning and thought this morning that this would be um, our pursuit over this next six weeks and when it comes to being uh, unfamiliar with the things of God. Simply two words, crown down. That our decision as Jesus followers would be to lay our crown down. The things that we know already, our posture, our experience, our wisdom, even our testimony, even our revelation, even everything that we know up to God at this point, I choose to lay it down just to acknowledge that He is greater. When someone gives me a prophetic word, I'm not going to puff myself. Oh, I do, that's good. You have affirmed what I already knew. That we would lay our crowns down before the King and say, God, could I just have more from you? Could I have more of your provision? Could I have more of your protection? Could I have more of your promotion? Could I have more of your presence? And even if I have no protection or I don't feel it, or promotion and I can't see it yet, I choose your presence. I don't want to go to the promise without your presence. I don't want to lead my family without your presence. I don't want to serve you from a distance. I want you close. I want to be surrounded by you. And I'll lay anything down that makes me feel like I've got authority in myself. Power in myself. I'll admit that I'm weak so that I could access your strength. I'll admit that I can't heal because I need your healing power. I'll step out of the throne acting like I'm the protector and the provider and I'll let you be it in my life. And when my workplace sees and my family sees and and people speak of my life, they'll see you. Not me, but you. This morning I just asked church, just close your eyes for a second. Would we consider at the outset of a year, everything that he's doing with prayer and fasting in our midst, everything that he's doing as he begins to speak about favor over you, would you just commit, would you make a, a covenant with God this morning that I will lay my crown down? I will be hungry for the things of God. I will linger like Joshua. 
I will not look at my watch for what I need. I'll look at you for what you need and what you want. The favor exists to point to the king, not to point to you. It's his kindness revealing his character. Holy Spirit, right now I speak over our church family these four Ps. I speak right now, God, that there would be a supernatural, heaven-glorifying, world-changing provision over our house. I pray that we would not be in lack. I pray that you would answer prayers. I pray that you would bring breakthrough in areas. I don't ask, God, that our mismanagement would be saved by a miracle. Help us to manage our finance and to use it to glorify your kingdom. But God, would you be our provider as a church? Would you provide things that makes this place a place of three-star Michelin people that would come and encounter you. I pray provision over our house in a way that would help us to bless the pastors of this nation. People that are burnt out on religion will be able to come and drink deep. I pray the type of provision that will be able to gift cars, that will be able to give supernatural provision of homes to people in great need. I pray, Jesus, the type of provision that actually blesses the world and points to you, King Jesus. I speak it right now over business owners, people that have got a business on the inside of them. I pray your supernatural provision over their finances that would not glorify them and give them gold chains so everyone looks at them, that would feed the hungry, that would provide for the widow and the orphan, the type of religion that you are satisfied and pleased with. I pray protection over our church family. I pray healing protection over our church family. People that have had diagnoses that are waiting for a miracle. I ask, Holy Spirit, by Jesus' name, that you would do what only you can do. When doctors fail, when we run out of money for specialists, I pray, Jesus, you would meet us. I pray specifically at cancer right now. I ask Jesus that you would protect your people. I pray we wouldn't be familiar with your healing power, that we would need it. We would need it. I pray that we would be bankrupt without it. I speak promotion over people, people that have been working in their workplaces. I pray that you would help us to follow kingdom culture. I pray that we would be examples of honour. We would be examples of generosity. We would be examples of love and truth and peace and patience and kindness in such a way that when the promotion comes, it is clear of what we will do with it when we get it. That you would open doors for us to be able to provide and protect through our promotions. That our workplaces would be greater, the businesses would be greater because you would call us out into greater influence. And lastly, and most importantly, Jesus, I pray that your presence would wrap around this church. I pray it would wrap around every family. I pray it would be the center point of everything we do as households, fathers and mothers, children, singles, grandparents, brothers and sisters, friends. Your presence would surround us, would hem us in, it would enable us to be your church. We refuse to go into protection, provision, and promotion without your presence.
if we have to choose God, of course we choose you. Of course, it's so obvious, God. But we're not afraid of your good gifts. We're not going to spit at them or throw them aside or disregard them, but we just want you. This morning, with your eyes closed, Pastor and I shared the story of uh, where he actually tried to, I don't know if he got to it in his notes, the story of the, the woman with the issue of blood reaching out to Jesus, touching the edge of his garment and getting healed, and Jesus turning around in the crowd, spinning around, looking for her. And this moment occurs that Jesus gives us a belief that he is not interested in healing us, us experiencing him from afar with his back turned. He wants us to see him. He doesn't want us to be healed. He wants us to be whole. He doesn't want you to have more dollars in your bank. He wants you to know the provider and put all your trust in him. This morning I ask, Holy Spirit, that this would be a year that we see you, Father, that we gaze upon you, that your favor would not point us to us, but it would point us to your beautiful character, your amazing provision and protection. Just right now in this moment, church, with your eyes closed, I would ask that you would ask the Holy Spirit, is there things in me that are familiar? Treating holy as unholy, treating sons and daughters as common humans. <laughs> Do the business. Ask him. We wouldn't be familiar with our spouses. We wouldn't be familiar with our children. We wouldn't be familiar with Celebration Youth. We wouldn't be familiar with Celebration Kids. They wouldn't be familiar with those that have walked with you for decades and decades and decades and have testimonies that are double our ages. That we wouldn't be familiar with the passion of new Christians. That we wouldn't be familiar with signs and wonders and miracles. That we wouldn't be familiar with the carpenter's son. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.